0: Hello and welcome to a, another episode of the Construction Corner podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host. Joined uh, this week actually by my blue collar badass. So, uh, and I, we don't post the videos, but this week I'm in uh, sunny Orlando, Florida, which is pretty awesome as opposed to my inch of snow. But uh, Matt, how's it going there in uh, in the Detroit
1: or you know Southeast Michigan? I, I appreciate you <laughs> rubbing that shit in that you're in sunny Florida. That, that's pretty awesome, Dylan. Thank you. It's good hey, here. You man. were
0: last week, man.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's good. It, it's I'm just glad we're back on the damn mics. It's been uh, been a hot minute since we've been able to to talk to each other, let alone do an interview. So I'm I'm pumped for today. I know, man. I got
0: I got too many uh, things going, too many projects to to work on, too many deals to close, to do this, uh, to always get on the the this and have these conversations with guys like Jesse who are kicking ass and taking names. So I'm excited to be back on the mics as well. And, and talk to our, you know, fellow construction, uh, business owners and uh, entrepreneurs. So without, uh, kind of further ado, just, we like getting into it. As you guys know, Jesse is the co-owner of prime pools and landscaping custom pool builder based out of Ontario, Canada, uh, which we'll get into how, uh, like the 12 days a year you guys can use a pool up there but uh starting his career in residential pool service over a decade ago jesse quickly developed a passion for swimming pools i mean who doesn't i almost did this by the pool today uh and the industry as a whole so he currently serves on the education committee of the pool and hot tub alliance sure there's a lot more hot tubs in canada than pools but hey we'll find out Ed is also the co-founder of pool xenia which Hopefully you'll correct me, Jesse, on that one, but that's wrong. Full service and maintenance company that is recently franchised with 12 active franchise locations in Canada and is looking to expand into good old America this year in 2023. So without uh, further ado, Jesse, welcome
1: to the show. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on today. Thank you. Absolutely, man. It's good to have you. Like I said, we we haven't done an interview show in 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 a hot minute here. We've been pretty busy, so it's you you're the the first one that's going to air so congrats for for winning the race.
2: <laughs> Sounds like I've got
1: some some big shoes to fill so looking forward to it guys. Right on man. Well I hey, I'm, I'm going to jump right in um how'd you get your start in the pool business cuz like Dylan mentioned and 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 you know you're in Ontario you're a little bit north northeast of me here in Detroit area but similar climates and I mean I have a pool truth be told and I love it for the the three months a year I can rock <laughs> and roll with it. That's it. But uh it's gotta be a tough one. So how'd you get your start? And uh, just tell us your story a little bit. Yeah, so uh, kind of accidentally, um, I was in college,
2: finished college, didn't graduate, but finished and uh, needed a job. Um, a friend I played baseball with had uh, was working for a guy, not in the pool industry, just doing uh, like siding, soft fascia, trough, roofing. And uh, I jumped on that crew, started working there. Um, He's he's a, a mentor of mine and still a good friend, my boss. Um, but I got kind of bored. It was just it ended up just being him and I, and the and the the friend that I played baseball with moved on to other things. And I worked there for a couple of years, and and I just needed more interaction with people. Uh, I love the work. I love being outside. Uh, my boss was a good dude, but I got a little, I, I guess, bored. And uh, I was again playing baseball, uh, softball with uh, another buddy of mine. He said, "Hey, we're." we're hiring service guys. Uh, he worked for a pool comp- local pool company. He's like, do you wanna come work with us? Said, well, yeah, let's do it, All right? So did the interview, took the job, 16 bucks an hour, You know, super rich, making lots of money and, <laughs> uh, and just started, uh, I think that was in the fall, I started closing pools and, and just doing general maintenance and that. And for whatever reason, I fell in love with it and uh, took off from there. So worked there for a few years, got headhunted by another local company, went and worked for them, where I met my now current partner. Uh, We worked together side by side for another company for a few years. And, you know, just we're doing side work, a lot of stuff at night and on the weekends, uh, to the point where we had people asking us to actively build projects for them. And it got to a point where we just couldn't do both. Uh, We both went to our our employer at the beginning of the pool season and said, hey, listen, you know, we don't want to screw you over. We want to be able to do the work with you, but we can't dedicate full time. And, uh, it was either, they, they kind of laid it out you're either with us or you're against us. And, you know, you, you back into a corner, you don't have much of a choice. And we just said, fuck it. We're out of here. Uh, and and it was amicable. It was, there was no bad split or anything like that. Actually, the owner of that company, uh, his wife and my wife are best friends. And so we're still close to this day, but there, we weren't on great terms for a little while. Um, we started our own company, my partner and I. And uh, we had all this work lined up, a whole bunch of stuff. And like almost like to the minute where I paid for, you know, our, our business number and license and stuff like that. And we were officially on our own, uh, all that work fell through <laughs> and we had nothing, but uh, we have a good network of people. And, and, you know, as soon as the, the snow starts to melt, people need pool work done. And we just quickly started picking up work. Uh, our first job came through my uncle. It was his buddy. It was like a $170,000 project, which. Uh, we kind of fell backwards into. And uh, that was the start. And that was in 2017. Um, And we've just been on a kind of pretty good growth trajectory ever since. It's been pretty wild ride
1: so far. That's awesome, man. I mean, go ahead, Dylan.
0: Sounds about, I'm just going to say that sounds about right for, you know, entrepreneurship and uh, when you think you, and just construction in general, you know, you think you got shit outlined and then it's like, Nope. Uh <laughs> what are we doing now? Yep. Yeah, pretty much uh
2: every single day you get kicked in the nuts, and still to this day, uh they, you know that was the Coles Notes version of all that. There was a lot of getting kicked in the nuts all the way along and still is, but um
1: I, you know what, I wouldn't have done it any differently. I, I can tell you what, brother, I've been doing this for a long time, like 25 years or so, and, and you still get kicked in the nuts damn near every day in this industry. <laughs> Some something to look forward to, I guess. That's right. That's right. <laughs> It just becomes steel after a while, you know? That's That's right. Amazing. So how many guys you got? Is it just you and your partner? or You got some employees or how do you, how do you tackle these projects? Some of your stuff looks really cool, by the way. I've been on your website today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, We, so we, obviously we're a fairly seasonal
2: business. We run a skeleton crew over the winter. Um, We've got a few guys that want to get laid off. So they, you know, work as hard as they can for about nine months, uh, push it into about 10 months. We take about two months off and then they want a little bit of a break. So we let them have it, lay them off for the winter. We've got our kind of main crew of uh, five ish, five guys really, that will stay, keep employed on for the whole winter. Um, whether we're just doing finishing up those projects or doing little stuff if we can, we'll give them three or four weeks off paid uh, throughout the Christmas stuff like that. And then when the season starts, we bring in students. Uh, usually we'll get up to 12 to 15 guys total throughout the summer. Uh, and then our service company is completely separate. So about,
1: about 15 of us when we're in full swing. Are you guys having uh, trouble up there, up in the the snowy north, um, finding labor, finding people that are worth the shit to come work for you? So uh, lots of people are, right? Canada is no different
2: than the U.S. Uh, with labor um, markets. Fairly similar, I would say, based on my limited knowledge. Um, I would say yes. When we first started, we had a lot, lot of trouble, right? Guys don't show up. Uh, guys just quit on a whim. Uh, you, you, all the, the same stuff that plagues the industry and has plagued it for years. Um, I will say the last few years, we've been absolutely blessed, um, have not had a problem hiring anybody. We have a full crew. We're, uh, we're always able to hire and retain guys. Um, I think that started when we started kind of setting our standards and not accepting anything less than what we wanted uh, out of our crew. You know, the owners, myself and my partner, Brad have to live that standard as well. Um, But we stopped allowing people coming in late. We stopped allowing no shows. We stopped. uh, We have a set of core values that we hire and fire and live by. And if uh, everyone in the company can't emulate those and live by them, then, they don't work with us now the other side of that is we treat our guys and girls very well in my opinion and based on what they tell us um we're like a tight-knit family it's one of our core values so it, we got to live it um but we don't have a we do not have a problem getting labor uh you know we pay well it's not anything outrageous like it's in industry standard maybe a little bit higher but uh when we need to hire we bring guys in and, and it seems after you stop accepting those low standards uh, the people that we now
0: attract uh, are, already have those standards and we
2: don't really have to work through too many guys. Our retention rate's pretty high.
0: And man, that's, uh, of all the guys that we have on the show, you know, that that are doing that, right? Having people that live values, exude the values, retention is not a problem, right? Like, and if people do leave, it's one of two things, right? One, they just weren't a good fit, right? Something got missed in the hiring process, something like, you know, and again, it happens right it happens to everybody you miss something the other thing is that that <laughs> that guy is so good they want to go out on their own and you know do their their own thing and have their own shot right and that's really how it should be is you know you have uh, you weed out the chaff and then you give those high performers the ability to t- go to that next level right I, I was one of them matt was one of them you were one of them right like you wanted to go and do your own thing and it's uh, and it's two for, for you guys out there, whether you're wanting to do your own thing or you're a manager, owner, whatever, is to understand that people like have a time and a place in your company. And while they're there, you know, to they're going to do their best job. And when, you know, they decide to leave or things happen, you know, family, you know, you decide to start a family or move, whatever it might be that, you know, that's okay too, right? That they they did so long as they did you well while they were there you know it's usually nothing personal against the company you know again so long as you're living the values and everything else and i think uh someone who's been burned and moving on um you know they're not necessarily burned but it wasn't you know nice on the way out um for an opportunity like becoming a director at 25 like that you know somebody was going to have to retire or die before I got a slot, you know, and that was 10, 15 years out. Like you don't you don't pass on those opportunities. So um, you know, again, I think you're doing the right thing, for Jesse. And, and those are the things that show is in retention.
2: I appreciate that, man. Uh, you know, it doesn't always feel like it, right? And you're right. Some uh some things do slip through the cracks. By no means are we even close to perfect. Um but you know what I I, I feel the same way. Um one thing I do share with my guys as well is, you know, we might be a stepping stone for you, certainly for our summer students, stuff like that. It's, it's pretty clear. Um, you know, we try to give them a good experience while they're here. Uh, also beat the shit out of them while they're here too. Uh, really put them to work, but you know what we have, we have good times with them. Um, but with my guys, I do share with them too. It's like, Hey, listen, we might be a stepping stone for you. I don't know what your future plans are. And one thing I do now is goal set with them and kind of try and learn what they're looking for at a lot the best. Help them get there, whether it's being with us long term or be, being with us until you find the next level. But I tell them, and I mean, you guys know this. Being in the construction industry, communication is not always the best with men. Um, we tend to not really express our feelings very well. Uh, one of our core values is communication. So, you know, I always try and have my guys sharing with it how they're feeling, how they're doing, what you know, what they want out of life, you know, what's the next step for them, because. I'd rather be in your corner and help you get there. I'd rather, you know, if you want to go start your own company, even if it's a pool company and you're going to directly compete with me, like I'll help you. I'll help you start it. I'll help train you. I'll help you not make all the same mistakes that cost me probably now into the seven figures that we've done over the last coming into our seventh season. You know, I'll help you avoid all those. You'll still make your own, but keep me in your corner. I don't look at you as competition. I take it as a compliment. If you're going to go out there and kick ass as a company, even if you're a direct competitor, like that means I must be doing something right. And you know, that's a feather in our cap too. Now, whether that always happens uh, you know, it, it, it certainly doesn't, but I I give that kind of space for my guys to grow. And I think that, you know, it helps them share a little bit more and, and not keep everything so close to the chest and bottled up all the time, knowing that, you know, no matter what goes on, we're there to support you
1: and that's that's huge dude because you've built a culture now where people are not afraid to grow right and and they're able to come in you you base it on your core values you got them on your website you you live it you breathe it you walk the walk you talk the talk and that's what people want and they need and you you nailed it by saying like you'd help somebody you'd help an employee start his own company um i don't know if you've actually done that yet but if you haven't it'll happen eventually either they'll start their own company or you'll help them get a new job because they just phase out of of you maybe they they grow out of the values they grow out of the system but the coolest fucking thing that i've ever had happen is we had to let a guy go three or four years ago you know it just he worked with us for a couple years and it just he was a great guy you know but he was just missing a couple things and he just didn't want to be there anymore so we let him go it was amicable we shook hands you know no hard feelings i talked to the dude like monthly still and he's doing great. I helped him get a job. We gave him, you know, great ref- uh, references and all that good shit. And to have that happen, to have the, that dude call back and like, wish me Merry Christmas and stuff like that. It's, it's awesome. As a leader of a company, it's like, okay, you're, you're doing something right now, right? Cause it's not always about the people that you, that you keep your arms around and, you know, struggle to keep them in the house. Once they leave that house, if they're still cool with you, that also, I mean, it's also a marketing thing too, right? Because that means they're they're also talking good about you on the street and not talking shit. So, good good job to you, man. It's culture based and it's it's huge. You know what, Matt? Um, that sounds
2: exactly like a situation uh, my partner and I had this year, and so I'm I'm well aware of uh, you know not keeping somebody on the team. Um, and when we had our split, uh, we actually had a beer afterwards, had, hugged it out. Uh, gave him a couple of employment options kind of made those pre-calls to kind of line the line the road with him for him and and uh, you know we uh, we are not on bad terms whatsoever yeah and and that conversation that was coming up was some of the most he was one of my legacy guys he'd been with us almost since the beginning uh love him to death still to this day Uh, um we we're not on bad terms by any means but to have that conversation that that we weren't going to work together anymore was like probably one of the most stressful times in my life that weekly oh, up yeah. to it. And then after it was like this load off your chest, right? Like it just, it felt so good. And, uh,
1: and, you know, I think we're both better off now for it. Absolutely. And, and he probably had that same load off of his chest, right? Because people recognize when they, when they're in the wrong spot, they may not know it right away, but if it, if it just isn't the right fit, it's not the right person for the seat. They'll figure it out by themselves, but, but most people are too afraid to leave right? They're too afraid to do that. So it takes you in a leadership role to kind of push them over that proverbial edge, you know, but I would guarantee that this, this guy or this woman, whoever that that you're talking about, they felt that same load off their shoulders that day too. And that's, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, they definitely did. And, you know, to take that back to
2: 2017, 2018, uh, that's not how we used to do business, right? (laughs) The turmoil of like, this guy gets paid on Wednesday afternoon and never shows up on Thursday or is late every other day. And uh, you just put up with it. Cause you need that person, right? You have to keep getting the work done. You have so much and you know, you're always stressed out, disappointed. Um, you're disappointing clients instead of just calling all your clients and just saying, Hey, I know this sucks, but here's where we're at. We're shorthanded. We're going to be a little late on this project and working it out from there. And just that, that, be able to have those conversations. Now now I couldn't have those five years ago. It was just, yeah, I would just let it fester for months and months. That was way more stressful. I'll tell you that way more stressful.
1: It's the evolution of the nut kicking in construction, right? Like it it starts off as one thing, right? When you're, when you're new and green, like it's, it's one set of stressors. There's always something, but at least, you know, you're at a point now, it sounds like where you can have fun with it, you know, and, 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 you still get stressed out. There's still shit that comes across the board, I'm sure. But once you get past some of those early stage things, that's when at least for me, it started to get really fun, yeah, you know what? it's I get you know what it is starting to get pretty
2: fun. you, you know the mistakes and the and the stress now is, yeah, it shifts. It's different. You get you work through it a lot faster. Um, I feel like us as contractors, I've talked to tons of contractors. a lot of my friends are all contractors, obviously. Um, and I feel like that evolution is pretty similar for everybody in, in whatever, uh, trade you're in of like, yeah, you start your own company. Here's all the, all the bullshit, all the turmoil. Uh, some people just keep going for decades, right. And they just put up with it. And then you see the guys that, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to do that anymore. And then six, seven years, you look back and you go, I can't even believe that used to stress me out. That happens 12 times a day now. And yeah. I don't even like, it doesn't even cross my mind. I actually like, it's out of my mind before uh, I even think about it. And, and now the, the problems are just way bigger and way more stressful, but you know, you have the tools now to work through it. Right. So for
1: sure. That's fun. Yep. So you're not having any problem hiring or or attracting good talent. You're not having any problem with the, the climate in which you live. So what, what are the biggest challenges you guys are facing right now? Um, I would think, I would say
2: the biggest challenges are, implementing proper systems as we grow. Uh, you know, when you're operating on that, like 1 million, two to two and a half million dollar a year, gross revenue, um, you can kind of just go, I don't want to say buy the seat of your pants, but you can kind of just go and and use your skill and talent to, to kind of muscle through whatever you got to do. Once you start punching above that, uh, and it's just a number I found, right? It might be different for every industry, but once you start punching above that and then hiring more people, bringing in more than four or five people that you can have a conversation with easily all the time, uh, you have to start having systems, processes, documenting things, you know, HR, all this sort of stuff that you start to implement. And A, learning how to write a simple process and then have everybody follow that process. That's the biggest problem we have now. Uh, and because we keep kind of growing, you know, we might implement a system and that system gets broken within two months because, you know, you grow out of it, uh, or you don't know what you don't know. And so now you're trying to implement another system. And then, you know, you, you just talked about the weather. We only have nine, maybe 10 months to work. So we don't work 12 months of the year. We just, we physically can't when winter hits. And so when you're, in that chaos of trying to do 12 months of revenue in nine months and trying to implement new things on the, like, as you go, even if you have a process to implement it, it, it's very hard to uptake for the guys. So you you have one of two choices. You either do it and, and make sure everyone's on board and really push hard. And that's your focus, or you ignore and push it all the way to the end of the season and then just struggle with all the bullshit for the rest of the year. But that's our biggest, our biggest hangup right now is just, trying to figure out as we're growing how to like give the same level of communication and service to our clients, uh, maintain the same um, level of quality work because we really strive to produce the absolute best that we can. Uh, and then, you know, obviously focus and grow and train and hire and all that sort of stuff too, uh, without having to be in 48 different places all day long. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing.
0: No, I mean, it's what, uh everybody struggles with in business pretty much no matter what industry you're in, right? Like there's one thing in the, the standard operating procedure for how to put in a pool, how to maintain it, right? How to form concrete, right? All the steps that you go through in, in your builds, um, which we'll come to how complicated they are here before we uh, wrap up. But uh, in building those systems is make sure that you kind of crawl, walk, run, you know? Like what's the simplest thing you can put in today? Maybe it's a Google Sheet, maybe it's a form in HubSpot, or work, you know, using some Microsoft tool. Maybe it's Word doc. Maybe it's shit. Maybe it's on paper, right? Like there's a lot of ways to kind of crawl and then uh, to walk, you know. And you have more automations, you have more workflows that you build in. You have more complicated. Then you hire some outside party. I mean, when you look at these big companies. Dude, I mean, to implement, like, Salesforce is a million plus dollars, right? Like, <laughs> which, you know, we're not doing today. But, you know, when you start to look at these implementations of the software that run your business inside and out, those simple, you know, the software might be whatever, you 100 grand. but You're going to spend a million dollars to, like, implement it into your business. And we just have to keep that context in mind as we build our own systems, right? You're not... You're not spending a million bucks today, but like probably need to spend something. So, you know, like and some of it, a lot of it's going to be time, right? Time, effort, energy to figure out the steps, figure, break everything down to make it easy. And, you know, we refer to McDonald's all the time, but like, you know, if you can run that business on teenagers, right? Like, because the steps are so easy, try to figure out how to run your business on teenagers too, right? Like you talk about summer help and bringing in interns, uh, which also like if you treat your employees Please, like your intern, have fun, you do cool things, show them the ropes. Like, how cool would that be for most businesses? Right. And so, um things like that, you know, really have an impact. um And that was just kind of the point where you bring up interns. It's like, it's been so long since I've had one, but like, you showed them everything, right? They had such a cool time and kicked ass. Then they're a new hire. It's like, hey, do this boring shit over here that uh, nobody wants to do. And uh, good luck, man. <laughs> So, you know, like, it's just funny how that happens uh, as we hire people. It's like, yeah, you're full-time now, do the boring shit, right? You're an intern, do all the cool shit. Like, come on.
1: (laughs) Well, it's the the holes in the boat theory, too, what you're going through, right? Like, when you're doing a million a year in total, the holes are so small, you can plug them, right? All the the bullshit. But as you start stretching that out and and you're hitting 5, 10, 15, 20, 50, wherever you're at, like... Those holes, if you don't take care of them, man, they, they'll drown you real fast. So it, it's important what you're doing and focusing on it. It's, it's tedious. It's horrible. I fucking hate it. I hired a director of operations actually to come on to help me get all my shit in order and write those processes and, and get everyone in line to follow them. Because if we don't, we're going to die in the vine. But it's it's miserable work to take on. I I will be the first to admit it. Like I, I can't do it myself. I'm just not cut for it yeah you gotta be built for ops it's it's you know I'm a pool
2: guy I'm a construction worker I go and I build these things I love working with my hands um I I didn't ever plan on sitting in front of a computer and typing out processes for how to (laughs) you you know move somebody from lead to sale to project (laughs) like uh and and I just did all this stuff in my head right and now you're trying to do it so that a teenager can digest it and learn and it's that's a whole other skill set in itself. And so, yeah, that evolution of, uh, of, you know, working in the business and then to working on the business um, definitely has been very difficult for me. Um, I really love working with my hands. I, I would love to be inside of a pool every day, building things. I love to step back at the end of the day and here's what I did. It's immediately rewarding. Uh, a lot of my stuff is sitting in front of a screen now and answering yeah. phone calls and emails. Uh, but somebody has to do it and, and drive that company forward and and so obviously it's got to be me my partner is the ops guy he's way better at it than i am uh, been doing it twice as long as I have um you know looks at a problem and just solves it like that and then immediately can implement it but he's not a process guy either so yeah. both of us are trying to work together on that um and uh you know he he's uh I couldn't do it without him
0: yeah, hand it to a teenager, it'll get broken real fast, you know. <laughs> yep, absolutely.
1: So let, let's talk about some pool stuff, man, because I, I want to hear some cool stories. And and I have a question selfishly that, so I told you I have a pool, it's an in-ground pool. <clears throat> and we were having uh, a service come out quite a few years ago to to empty it or to you know drain it down, winterize it. And the kids that came out were like, they could have been my kids they were like 12 years old you know they were running the pump and I wasn't home but my wife's calling me kind of freaking out because they pumped my pool down to like almost empty and the owner of the company came out and starts freaking out and swearing and starts telling my wife that if they kept going that my whole damn pool could actually like lift up out of the ground because of ground pressure or some shit is that even moderately true uh what kind of pool do you have is it a concrete pool concrete or gunite or something yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah that is a hundred percent true that's a a monolithic shell um take you know what you can even though it's made out of concrete it's essentially a boat so you have enough hydrostatic pressure under that and you'll see that in places like florida uh, especially you know they had a big hurricane storm this year a lot of those pools popped out of the ground when that hydrostatic pressure gets too hot uh, too big and too high it's uh it'll pop them um we've seen them lift you know, three feet out of the ground on one side. Now there's ways to mitigate that, whether you have drains, uh, there's valves, a hydrostatic valve that you'll put in the bottom of the pool in the drain, if you have one there that will open up and relieve it to a certain extent, Okay. but yeah, the, if the water gets drained too low and you know, that groundwater is higher, higher pressure, it can definitely pop it out of the ground. As a business owner, I probably wouldn't show up freaking out to the client yeah, right. telling them like, here's what's going to happen. Um, cause your wife probably didn't sleep for two nights. Yeah. But yeah, it can it it can definitely happen
1: for sure. So are you just fucked at that point? Like if this thing pops up out of the ground like a balloon, you're just like break it up and turn it into a sandbox? You're ripping it out and redoing it.
2: I'm sure there's been people that have tried to reset it. Um, you know, we we don't do as many concrete shells up here in Canada. You know, our, our main market is steel and vinyl and fiberglass. So okay. like if it was a fiberglass, you could excavate it and reset it chances are it's got a little bit more flex than concrete does, but essentially if that, you know, I, I don't know how many tons that pool away with all the rebar and, and shotcrete in it, but you're going to be ripping it out and redoing the whole thing. It's going to be a nice insurance claim. That's for sure.
1: Sweet. Um, it hasn't happened yeah. yet. I'm glad they, I'm glad they stopped and got the water <laughs> filling back up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've yeah, been there for sure. Not
1: popping a pool out, but
2: guys have drained it too low and you know what, it's usually a water truck and a couple hundred bucks and a pretty good lesson. Uh, um generally we we try not to do that
0: (laughs) yeah that's why that that owner was freaking out man he was worried about the redoing the whole pool
1: yeah yeah well he's he's freaking out to to my wife and then my wife's on the phone with me freaking out and i'm you know in my office like what the hell am i supposed to do if the the thing pops out of the ground run i don't know (laughs) yeah you got insurance it's going to be used that's for damn sure yeah right on man well what What kind of crazy stories can you tell us that you've seen? because I gotta imagine when, anything do, to deal with excavating right? you you uncover an elephant or you you find a cavern or something weird always happens when you're digging big holes. Uh, you know what? We have not found the most that we
2: usually find is giant rocks, and uh, that sucks. Um, my partner not well under this company's dug up a car before., uh, but we haven't really excavated too too much. Normally, when you're excavating you get into, you, know, you plan on excavating three or four feet and then you find a bunch of uh, organic material and then you got to go another four feet. And, but we haven't, we've been pretty lucky in that regard. Okay. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're building in now is, is new construction. I don't know where, whereabouts you guys are, but there's a ton of new construction going on here. So that land's already been excavated, built back up and packed down. And, and because of the rules and the laws here, you're not finding too much buried stuff from the home builds anymore. Like guys are are not able to do that and, and are pretty good with it. So we don't have too, too much to dig up. I wish I could share some, some wild stories like a, an old burial ground or something like that, or dinosaur bones or something that made us uh, super rich so that we, we weren't pool builders anymore, but uh, we haven't
1: found it yet. Well, if you ever want a story, you can come, come put in a pool in uh city to Detroit. You'll, you'll be amazed at the shit that comes out of that ground.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's a city underneath that
1: city. I'm sure that's been buried long ago. Lots of deep, dark secrets for sure uh, yeah, to say the least. Well, cool, man. Hey, uh, Jesse, I appreciate you coming on. Um, where can people find you?
2: Uh, I have a couple of social media channels. Um, my company is at prime.pools on Instagram. Uh, we didn't really get too, too much into it, but I do have a franchise that's at Pool uh, or Xenia, whatever works for you guys. And then my personal one is just at the Jesse Schultz. Uh, and I'm just Instagram. I don't do much on Facebook or anything else. You can find me there.
1: Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to back cool. up a sec. We don't usually do this, but give us a real quick rundown of your franchise. I forgot about that. That's, that's pretty interesting to me. So did you guys, you started it? You're the franchisor? I'm the franchisor. I have uh, well, my partner is the official founder,
2: uh, one of my best friends. Uh, so we're, we're co-founders on that. Uh, and yes, I'd love to talk a little bit about it. We'll take a, take a quick hot minute here. Um, super fragmented industry. There's not a lot of large companies out there um uh, in the in the us there's there's a few in canada not so much uh we realize the market for it we're traveling all over our province it's 14 million people uh it's the fourth largest uh pool industry in north america behind i believe uh, florida california and texas so we're the fourth largest we've got a ton of pools here and um it's been a dream of my partners to to franchise out for a few years now and and we've been doing it the last 3 years kind of working on it Launched it last year, sold one right off the cuff. Uh, Amazing franchisee, consider him a friend now. And uh, now we've sold officially 11 more. We're going to have 12 franchisees in operation. They've all been given an extra territory that they can buy into by year three. Uh, They get first right of refusal. So we're about 26 out of 32 territories sold in Ontario. And now we're looking to come down into the US and, and start spreading the brand down there.
1: That is fantastic, oh, man. man. That's, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. It
2: it's a whole other skill set that uh, I like. Again, I'm a pool guy by trade. I'm not a franchisor. I'm learning lots of hard lessons, uh, but it's it's been super fun. Um, you know, dealing with an employee is a lot different than dealing with a franchisee, in my opinion, because they have that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, yeah. A little bit different. They're a lot more willing uh you know so that that kind of onboarding of those people is is quite a bit different and and uh, but it's been lots of fun i'm i'm head of training all of them now so my job this year is going to be a lot of driving and meeting with them and showing them the the tricks of the trade we developed a online uh, virtual platform for training and and we do some in-class stuff too so it's it's getting to be lots of fun
0: awesome now as a my my question on the franchise franchising piece of it like what do you end up providing to your franchisees once they you know sign the paperwork is it like how to build pools like (laughs) how to like operations do they need to know how to build a pool like coming into this or is it you know how does that work? so no
2: skills no building skills whatsoever it's service only so the motto kind of uh unofficial motto is one guy one truck one day if it can't be done with those three parameters then it's not kind of our gig uh, because we're in the north, we open and close pools for the season, um, and we do general maintenance, cleaning stuff like that. Uh, what they purchase from us with the franchise fee is their essentially turnkey business. Uh, we give them all the systems how to operate properly. We give them all the training. We've invested quite a bit into a, a virtual training platform for them um, that we we're going to keep expanding, obviously as we grow. Uh, and then what we also provide is a call center. So, as a franchisee, they uh we we do localized marketing, they pay for that, but we do all their sales, uh we do all their accounts receivable, we do all their scheduling for them. They essentially oh, wow. get up, open their app in the in the morning, they know where they're going. Now they have they have uh say in all of this too, right? If they don't want to do a job, they don't have to or take on a client. Um but essentially we do all that for them. They open up in the morning and they just go execute, do the work. We deal with all the collections and then we disperse it out to them after.
0: Cool. That's a, cool model. that's a, that's a lot of uh, end systems that most people do not understand. So it's, it's been a lot
2: of work. Um, you know, the, the idea behind it is we want to take some blue collar guys uh, and girls um, and give them the opportunity to make a really good living and also have that flexibility to be there for their family and friends and, and stay in their community. So you're buying a local territory, you know, you're, you're driving end to end maybe an hour at the absolute most, Uh, And I'm not sure if I can legally disclose all of the numbers and stuff. I think I kind of, I'm not allowed to really say, but uh, I will say in our very location, you know, just in service alone last year, we did uh, over seven figures uh, with uh, four guys and um, uh, the margins are pretty high. And so as an owner of that franchise, if you're looking to work by yourself or just one guy, you know, you can, you can make a very respectable living, um, and you can still have the flexibility to, to be there for your kids if they have a, a recital or, or a baseball game or something like that. And the guys that we have coming through the door or buying franchisees are not pool guys. Actually not a single franchisee we have has ever worked in the industry before we train them from oh. the ground up, which is, which is what we prefer. Uh, we're looking more for the guys that live our core values. Uh, and want to buy into the culture? We'll we'll provide the training. The, the, it's not that hard to service pools. It really isn't. Um, it's it's more about hospitality than anything. You know, can you get into a backyard and chat with somebody? Can you make their day? Do do they feel safe with you in their space? And if they do, then you're going to be successful. We'll give you the tools and and the training to get there. But uh, you have to just be a personable
1: uh, human being and and willing to learn. Well. Wow i I can say that um you just earned another another return trip to the construction corner podcast because what you just described, man and and putting the blue collar badass out there and promoting the trades and and giving men and women like a huge opportunity to go and 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 do this sort of stuff is is so much of what Dylan and I focus on here. um i we could do a whole episode just on that. so that i'm I'm jotting your name down, Jesse. We're going to talk again, man. Matt, I would love to come back on and uh, and, uh, even deeper. You know, I I appreciate the
2: time you guys have given me today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Jesse. I mean, it's given people the opportunity that maybe didn't know it existed before, um, you know, and the the option to come into an industry service, you know, trades, like all of that, and to have the playbook to do it from the get-go is, I mean, we need it, right? You need people to work, work um, so I'm staying at what used to be the Peabody Hotel here in Orlando. Um, it's now like Hyatt uh, Regency or something. But the the service here has been like just out like phenomenal. I, like you set a glass down, it's gone in like two minutes. I'm just like this is or they're taking it out of my hand if it's empty, you know, for <laughs> the conference and stuff. Like it is outrageous the quality of service here, and it's made like it makes such a difference in that, you know, and whether people will notice it or not, the level of service, you know, especially going into people's homes and, you know, having those conversations, being uh, somebody that they can talk to, getting a, getting the job done, obviously not lifting the pool out of the ground and close it, but, uh, you know, having those, that ability to, um, you know, talk to somebody, do a good job, show up on time, you know, all those things, you um, that we sometimes we take for granted or that we've gotten such bad service. When you see good service and throughout like an entire organization, like I mean, this hotel is probably, you know, six, 800 rooms, you know, it's massive with a convention center attached to it. Uh, And to have that type of service is just impeccable Um, throughout the entire thing, top to bottom. Like I have not had bad service anywhere, which is just like crazy to me much as I travel and do stuff to have that throughout like an entire hotel. Um, so yeah, man, like, again, we'd, we'd love to have you back. It might, it might be a while, but, uh, <laughs> with our schedule, but we'd love to have that, uh, you back and to talk about stuff like this. Cause we, we need it, you know, like I, I get that I'm in, in software, but engineers, architects, you know, they're needed just as much as guys in the trades. Um, I mean, top to bottom, you know, we need people that are willing to work, uh, willing to put in a, a hard day, a long day. And, uh, you know, have some fun doing
2: it. You guys let me know once, uh, once we're down in, uh, into your neck of the woods, expanding throughout the U.S. i S I'll, uh, maybe even come down and sit in the studio
1: with you guys. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll share, we'll share the war stories. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. You you can help me close my pool next year. Done. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, wow, Jesse, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, this has been fun and and like I said, we'll we'll catch base uh pretty soon here. I appreciate you guys. Uh thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak.
0: Yeah, thanks Jesse. All right, guys. Um we learned a ton here today again. We're, we're going back through core values, you know, doing the right thing by people, being a fun, exciting place to work, having your systems dialed in, having your processes there, having uh you know, exciting place for people to work and you know the franchise thing's new for us here uh but you know super exciting that you're able to do that i'm sure there's going to be a ton of lessons learned that we can share um at a, a future point but guys uh and well jesse again thank you for for coming on and, and spending uh, some time with us and then for all of you listening uh thank you for, for listening to us uh matt and i and coming on here whether it's our solo rants and uh Wanting the industry to be better, even though it uh, might not really sound like it, um, you know, we, we want the construction industry as a whole to be to be better, to bring everybody up through it. You know, that's why we talk about a lot about personal development, but systems processes, um, you know, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces and money involved a lot of the time in most all of our projects. Uh, so risk is high and reward is also high. But just to know that, you know, bringing everybody up around you is going to make your life better. You'll probably feel better doing it. Um, And we just appreciate all of you listening. So with that, until next time.